Welcome back to the Fight Talk Podcast. This is Steven Jensen. It is episode 200, and like I promised, I have a huge guest. Ariel Hawani is joining me today on the show. Ariel Hawani is somebody that was a massive motivation for me to start this podcast. He's a guy whose work I've followed for over a decade, and this is a true honor to have him on my show. Um, I rarely say this, but this was a bucket list interview. Anyone I've ever interviewed, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on my show. And in the future, I, I can't thank you guys enough. Every single person who's willing to give me their time means so much to me. But this interview in particular is the interview I've wanted to do the most because, like I said, Ariel is the reason I even got into this. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, for those of you who don't know who Ariel Hawani is, he's currently a part of ESPN. He does his show every single Monday called Ariel Hawani's MMA Show. He does Ariel and the Bad Guy along with Chael Sonnen on ESPN. Uh, he does basketball coverage now for ESPN. Uh, he was a longtime member of MMAfighting.com and other you know various outlets up to that point. He's, in my opinion, the best journalist in MMA history. And it's not just my opinion. Uh, he wins the award every single year uh, from any outlet that does these kind of things. And this is something that was truly a dream come true for me to be able to do this. So kick back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Episode 200 of the Fight Talk Podcast with me and Ariel Hawani. First of all, I just wanted to ask, you know, you move over to ESPN. You got the Hawani show. You got the Ariel and the Bad Guy show. You're doing the Hawani Road Show in Chicago. You're covering basketball now. You're a father. I mean, just like, how's life in general, man? Uh, life is pretty good. Thanks for asking. And, and thank you for having me on. Um, yeah, obviously getting to do a lot of fun stuff, getting to do stuff that uh, I've always wanted to do and getting to do it with ESPN is is exciting. Um, I still feel like I haven't scratched the surface. I still feel like I can do a lot more and uh, I could be a lot more successful. But uh, I'm a year in and anytime you start a new job um, and you're around new people, you you know, you need to sort of acclimate to the new environment and, and learn how things are done in that place. So I feel like a year in, uh, I'm in a pretty good spot. If you would have told me, you know, a year ago, OK, these things are going to happen, I would have taken that. So I'm, I'm pretty happy. Very cool. Um, what's been like, I guess, kind of the biggest difference with you moving ESPN? Because, you know, you were such a long time, you know, foundation of MMAfighting.com. And I've been following your career actually since JerryPark.com. So like a really long wow. time. On, yeah, from each step of the way. I, I discovered you through your Kurt Angle interview years ago. Wow, um, that's my yeah. first one. Yeah, and well, I'm a massive pro wrestling fan. So it was something that was like, wait a second, who's this guy interviewing Kurt Angle? And it was a really good interview. Then I found out, you know, seeing you doing MMA interviews and all that stuff, you know, throughout your career. And to see you on ESPN is incredible. Um, but, like, what's been, like, the biggest, uh, I guess, kind of difference you, you've seen with, I mean, obviously the bigger platform with ESPN and and getting to, you know, dabble in other, other sports uh, journalism and stuff? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I was very happy at MMA fighting and I felt like, you know, they really supported me and gave me a lot of opportunities. Um, but like I said, you know, when I when I made the move, you know, I, I want to prove to people that I could do more than just MMA. I never want to leave MMA. I never want to stop covering it. I want to cover it the exact same amount that I'm covering it now. But I still feel as I hopefully proved 
international fight weekend that I can do basketball too. And uh, I love basketball, but I know, you know, in that world, I'm a rookie. I'm, uh, I, I don't really know many people. I, I have to uh, earn respect and credibility and all those things. And so I, um, I, I'm hopeful that I can get that opportunity, but I love covering MMA. Like I know some fans are getting, uh, you know, I don't know, frustrated or whatever. Like, what's going on? What are you doing this? I still feel like I'm putting out the same content, if not more than I was back at uh, MMA fighting. And, uh, you know, it's 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 fun to just try to be able to spread your wings just a little bit. And that's what ESPN was able to offer me that MMA fighting or Vox wasn't really able to offer um, for whatever reason. So that's, that's the cool thing. Like it's, it's just really cool at ESPN to be a part of, as they call it, the ecosystem where you get to appear on other shows and sports center and outside the lines. It's just, uh, it's surreal. It still doesn't feel like I'm an actual employee there when, when you get these opportunities, it's amazing to see how the whole machine works and, uh, the people there are great. They're very hardworking. I mean, it's an institution and uh, to finally get the opportunity to work there and to say that I work there and to 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 reap the benefits of working there and to get the opportunities and see the doors that open as a result of working there has been a lot of fun over the past year. Yeah, that's, that's amazing, man. Is there, is there anything like uh, or anyone rather that you've met while working with ESPN that like has really it's been like kind of eye opening, like, wow, this guy like. I didn't, I had no idea, like, I knew this guy was good, but, like, I now seeing this in person, like, I'm really, really surprised. This is amazing. Uh, actually, there's a few that come to mind. Uh, the first one that came to mind is uh, Stephen A. Smith. First of all, one of, if not the nicest people that I've met there. And, and on, I have to say, like, all the talent, quote unquote, all the famous people that everyone knows, they, it is amazing how down to earth, how friendly how nice they have been towards me and and I think towards everyone else. I mean, you there's a big cafeteria at the campus and, you, you know, anytime I'll see Woj, I'll see uh, Kenny Main, you'll see anyone just walking around and they'll talk to you and ask you how you're doing and how are things going, all that stuff. Stephen A goes out of his way to say hello to me and, and talk to me about the last fight. Um, and it's just really actually, he, he'll always say like, oh, I'm no expert, but like, wh what do you think about this and all that? And it's just amazing how he's, uh, you know, this guy is, is everywhere and he's one of, if not the most famous people at ESPN and his work ethic is just unbelievable. Like when he, when he goes from doing first take to his radio show, to all the other stuff that he does goes on the road, it's really amazing. So, uh, he's been super cool. Uh, Jalen Rose has been very nice every time I see him. Uh, at the studio, Max Kellerman, uh, all the sports center anchors couldn't be nicer. Um, you know, from Steve Levy to, like I said, Kenny Main, John Anderson. I, I could just, I can literally name everyone. It's just, it's been really cool to see how, um, how accommodating and nice everyone has been. And even the NBA people that I've uh, recently met, people like uh, Cassidy Hubberth and um, George Sedano, uh, meeting Mike Breen and Mark Jackson, like these people are so nice. I mean, i just blown away by how nice they are, ego-free, just really cool individuals. So that's been um, one of my favorite parts of this whole experience, getting to meet these people that you see on TV every day. And they could you know, very easily not be nice, very easily be, you know, um, just a little big headed and have big egos. And it couldn't be, uh, it couldn't be more different. They, they are the nicest people. You know, speaking of Stephen A. Smith, um, he's been doing 
some of the voiceovers for like the intros for some UFC shows recently I've been noticing. And they've been really, really good. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, he knows his stuff. People give him a hard time sometimes, and the guy knows his stuff. There's no doubt about it. Now, is he Daniel Cormier? Is he Rogan? Is he Dominic Cruz? No. But you know what? He doesn't pretend to be. His job is to talk about sports. Um, and, you know, there's obviously sports that he knows better, but I, he doesn't need me to defend him. Um, I understand that people like things like, oh, stick to this, stick to that. But this man is not a fake fan. He, he definitely understands the sport, knows the sport, uh, knows the characters, knows the history. When I was watching Khabib versus Connor with him, he was talking about Randy Couture and he was talking about game plans and wrestling. Like the man knows his stuff. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, mentioning that, you know, it's been so surreal for you working at ESPN now throughout your career. And I know you never want to like, say you know any interview is more important than any other i mean it's it's great to be able to get anybody on, on the show but has there been any like just totally surreal interviews that you've done like with either fighters or basketball players now like people that like while you're in it you're like you can't believe you're actually speaking to these people oh man uh i feel like there's been a lot i mean i i i, I do not take the mma interviews for granted even you know with the lesser known fighters to the superstars uh, the fact that they take time out of their day, they say yes to coming on the show really means a lot to me. Um, you know, just recently, obviously, I mean, so MMA is my day job, right? Like that's that's my bread and butter. I adore it. Um, but like getting to be on the sidelines and interviewing the players as they walked off the court. And these aren't very well-known players, but like to just be in that setting, in that environment, the environment that I've watched a million times in my life and have you know, critiqued other people in my mind as I'm watching and wondered, you know, what would I do in that situation or what would I say or how would I approach it? That was kind of like an out-of-body experience, if I'm being honest. Um, you know, I, I just I just love sports television. I love working in, in media. I love, I can't believe that I actually get to do this for a living, especially from where I come from, like Montreal, predominantly French-speaking, um, Canada, there, there's so there's so many hurdles just to get to the United States as a Canadian, and then to find a job working here, and then to you know uh, I guess carve out a niche for yourself and break through, and and have people watch your stuff. Um, it's just I feel very lucky, and uh, I'm always so afraid that it's going to end, that something's going to happen to screw it all up. Uh, but for now, it's 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 great. It's like you know getting to do the radio show on Fight Night. I love radio. I love interacting with the fans in that medium. Uh, all the stuff just, you know, it's like, I'm just curious, like, what's going to happen next? What can I do next? What are the other, you know, avenues? What are the other doors that I could open? It's it's something that I really look forward to. Well, you know, speaking of being able to interact with fans, like, you know, I was there in Chicago for the Hawaii Roadshow. What was that whole experience like, you know, being able to be on stage with a whole a whole room full of people that are there to see, you know, to see you and to, and to be able to meet New York Rick and, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. What was it like being able to actually make that happen? Oh, man, that was something that I had been talking about, no joke, for like uh, five or six years. And I, you know, the thing, look, Vox is a great company. It, it really is. Uh, I have no hard feelings, um, but they're obviously a younger company than ESPN, and they don't have the resources when it comes to a few things. I mean, when I was doing the MMA Hour show, like there wasn't really a podcast department. We were the only one. Now there's like a whole podcast department since I've left. So they're 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 growing, but uh, maybe I wanted things to happen 
a little sooner than they were ready. So what was amazing about this thing was ESPN approached me. I was like, wow, this is something like this was on my checklist. I did. I just didn't get to it yet. And they approached me about doing it because they've done it for other shows. And uh, it was amazing. Like to see, I thought it would just be, you know, a couple chairs and some microphones and that was it. But like to see, you know, little things like the signage and the water bottle uh, water bottles and the food and just how professional the whole thing was. I was so proud of that. Like that, that was, that's one of the proudest things that I've ever been a part of, like to see just the show logo and the, my name and all that stuff. And the fighters who came out, who took time out of their day or evening to come and be a part of that and to have fun with it. And I thought the trivia um, show, you know, the component was, was a lot of fun as well. And then to get to meet everyone, that was such a fun night. Um, I'll, I'll never forget it. And, and, you know, immediately afterwards I was asking them, you know, when can we do this again? Um, they have, you know, they have a department that does this and they do it for a lot of other shows. And, uh, I think realistically the next time will be potentially around November, around that MSG show, November 2nd. Uh, but I was down, like I said, I'll do it in Edmonton. I'll do it in Anaheim, but it, it takes a lot to, you know, book the venue and, and, and get all the stuff ready. But I hope it's something that we could do maybe four times a year, like once every quarter that, that would be awesome. Well, and for anyone who listens to this, that was a blast, dude. Like, I mean, thank you. Oh, absolutely. Um, I literally drove from Nashville, Tennessee, <clears throat> excuse me, Nashville, Tennessee to Chicago for that. And then, you know, obviously I went to the UFC the night after, but I was really there for, for the show. And it was, it was so much fun. I got my water bottle sitting on my desk right now. Um, oh, thanks, man. Oh, of course, man. Like it was, it was just, a, it was a blast. And the fact that you're able to you know, do the meet and greet. And like you said, it was so professionally done with all the signage and, and all the food and everything. It was awesome. Um, and it's good to know that you're going to continue to do those because it's something that I think that, you know, I think it will continue to grow. Like, I think you guys could have maybe even done, you know, a bigger venue and it, you know, it still would have sold out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the, the, the goal was to just kind of start small and see what would happen. And, uh, thankfully it's sold out. So, uh, we were very happy about that, but maybe over time we'll grow, but I kind of liked that it was an intimate setting. I thought it was uh, a good amount of people and, um, everyone can see and hear and all that stuff. So that, that venue was cool. I really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, if, if the UFC goes back to Chicago, I'd love to go back there. And, and for those listening, like I got to meet, you know, I got to meet Ariel. I got to meet New York Rick. I met Esther Lynn, Casey Lydon, uh, uh chuck mendenhall i mean you name it they were all they were all there like it was it was really cool like to not only go to the show and be able to be a part of that but then also have conversations outside of the event so just like sitting at the bar that was next door and like talking to these people that you know i'm such a big fan of like i, I read all these articles and watch you know all these videos that people put together and it was just just an overall it was just a great experience yeah, and I'm ha I'm happy that you mentioned that because I was really touched that a lot of my friends uh, came to watch. You know, they weren't a part of it, um, and you know, some of them I don't work with anymore, but they'll still be my friends for life. And uh, I, I, you know, I will always um, support them and appreciate them. And so it, it really meant a lot to me that those people that you mentioned and and others as as well came to to be a part of it because they didn't have to do that. Well, and you know, watching your growth from you know, from a small website through all the media you've done all the way, you know, to ESPN now, um, what kind of advice would you have for somebody who's new to podcasting or, or maybe trying to get their foot in the door in MMA journalism? 
So, you know, I, I get asked this question from time to time. And, and the first thing that comes to mind is you have to look at the landscape. You have to look at what other people are doing and try to be completely different. And, and, and what I mean by that is like, if you're just going to go out and try to emulate someone and just try to do the same thing as everyone else, for example, you know, sometimes I'll have um, uh, a, a younger kid, you know, write me and, and say like, Hey, I have a website and I want to be a journalist. What do you think of my stuff? And the stuff is just, you know, it's, it's just like fight night recaps, right? So how are you going to break through? How are you going to get noticed doing that sort of thing? You, you need to, you need to try to find your own lane, find your niche. Um, when I started, I, I looked at the landscape and I, I felt like there was an opening as far as interviews are concerned, video interviews, audio interviews. And that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to, to prove that I could be the best at that. And so that's the, the path that I went down. You know, there's a young journalist, young, well, not so young anymore, but youngish uh, for MA Junkie, Mike Bond. You know, his thing was the stats, the facts, all that stuff. And that's how he kind of got noticed. And that allowed him to expand to other things. Like you got to try to find something that, um, separates you from everyone. And MMA is a great sport to cover if you're a young journalist because the fighters, the managers, the coaches, they're all so very accessible. It's unlike any other sport. You can't reach out to the, the biggest names in the NBA or NFL and have them on your show or interview them for you know your website. Um, it, it's, just, it's just a lot harder. Um, especially, you, you know, when you compare like the biggest names in MMA to the biggest names in, in, uh, the, the NFL or the NBA. Like when I started with Jerry Park, I was just writing to guys like Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell, George St. Pierre on MySpace, and they would write me back. Um, and, and not much has really changed since then. Of course, it may be a little harder to get in touch with like Habib or Connor, but for the most part, you can get in touch with a lot of these guys and a lot of them are willing to speak. And so I would say, you know, try to be different. Reach out to as many people as possible. Be professional. Remember to think like a fan. Appreciate the sport. Love the sport, but don't necessarily act like a fan. Um, you know, you have to be respectful and professional, um, and just work your butt off. Work, work, work as hard as possible to, you know, make a name for yourself. To go after it, and it is attainable. I did not know a soul in the sport of mixed martial arts when I decided to do this. Not one single human being. Um, and it wasn't that long ago. It was 2007 that I decided to go for this and do this as my career. Um, and it could have very easily not worked out, but I was I was lucky to, you know, meet the right people, do the right things, whatever the case may be. But I did not know one single person. And so don't let that deter you. Just put yourself out there and and uh, again, just try to be as different as possible. Well, yeah, speaking of being different, um, one of my favorite interviews you've ever done had nothing to do with <clears throat> with. MMA or basketball or any of the stuff we mentioned so far, um, it was with the video game player Ninja. Like, I, I loved that interview. What was it like interviewing that kid? Because it's like he like took over the world with, with his video game playing out. Esports is becoming such a big thing that I'd imagine will become, you know, spotlighted heavier you know, on ESPN at some point in the, in the future as well. Uh, what was that whole experience like? Oh, that was awesome. You know, they asked me uh, fairly early on, that was last August, uh, to do this. I was like, yes, for sure. Again, I want to do more. I want to prove that I can do more. And I'll be honest, I'm not the biggest esports guy. Like, uh, New York Rick and I had a conversation about it a few years ago, and apparently on, on Reddit, they were making fun of me that I didn't know anything about it. I, I'm not a big video game guy. I'm not a big esports guy. I was familiar with Ninja and, uh, you know, just did my research and went to his house, which was really cool to see how he, you know, 
how he plays and and where he lives and what is his life is like we were there for you know essentially i don't know 12 or so hours um and obviously he's, he's very down to earth he's a great kid and the thing that i'll remember the most about that was you know they were very adamant they were like you could only have 15 minutes with him he's very busy only 15 minutes and i said that's fine 15 is fine and we went 15 um and his uh his pr person was like all right last question and he's like no i'm enjoying this let's keep going and we ended up going 45 minutes um so that was really um that was really nice especially you know one of the first things that i was doing for espn um and so you know even though i wasn't necessarily an expert per se uh, you know it just goes to show like if you approach an interview obviously with knowledge obviously you know well researched but if you try to just approach it as a conversation as opposed to an interview per se i think that the interviewee um will appreciate it and so that's why when i interview people i don't have notes or i don't have an ipad in front of me or anything like that because the way i view it is if i'm going to a party tonight or a dinner or something like that and i'm surrounded by people i don't know i'm not bringing notes i'm not bringing a card you like you want to look someone in the eye you want to talk to them you want to ask follow-up questions you want to listen and I feel like when, you know, when when you have notes in front of you, you're not doing that. Um, and you know, why do, why do you have the notes? Like when I see like these top top interviewers with notes in front of them, I'm like, well, you should know, you should know enough about your subject to not need this. Um, especially if this is your beat. Like if you're an NBA person and you're sitting there with notes, like, come on, you could do this in your sleep. Um, and obviously, esports wasn't something that I was 100% familiar with, but I know how to interview a person about their their dreams and aspirations and where they've come from and you know what they've accomplished and all that stuff. So um, yeah, it was a, it was a great experience, and I I appreciate you remembering that. Oh sure, I mean I even remember. I think I remember the instance of when uh, you got some crap for the whole esports thing. I think it was a conversation you were having on your show with New York Rick, and it was something like. What do you like? What do you like better, going to the esports event, or maybe it was like WWE NXT? It was like like a pro wrestling show versus um versus an esports event. And Rick was like, "I'd rather go to the esports." And you were like, "Are you serious?" And then people kind of jumped on you for that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I, I ha- so I don't go on Reddit all that much, um, but I think it was New York Rick who told me about it, uh, and I thought it was funny. Uh, I have no problem. Look, I have no problem uh you know sharing my my inefficiencies or you know things that i'm not like i don't feel like i need to be an expert at everything in fact that's why i ask so many questions because i don't think that i'm an expert at everything including mma like i i don't claim to be an expert at fighting um now i think i could promote better than all the promoters out there but that's a different story for a different day like as far as the actual fighting is concerned that's why you won't see me doing like technical breakdowns analysis and things like that because that's just not who i am but i love asking questions and i love being inquisitive and um you know uh, trying to learn about things and so i have no problem admitting when i'm behind a fad or, or not you know 100 caught up on things so i thought it was funny that people reacted that way and it was kind of an indication like wow people are actually listening to the show this is great I do have a couple MMA-related questions for you. Um, so I've had uh, Chris Taylor from BJPenn.com on my show in the past, and uh, we've struck a little bit of a friendship. And I, I noticed recently he was reporting uh, Korean Zombie versus Brian Ortega. Do you have any kind of insight as to, like, if this fight is actually getting made? Because I haven't seen it, like, confirmed on ESPN, MMA Junkie, MMA Fighting, anything like that. 
No, I I, uh, I don't have further insight. Um, Chris does a great job, and uh, you know, I I have no reason to uh, to doubt him or anything like that. But nothing uh, official or anything. I know they they want him to come back. I know they want him for that card, uh, Ortega. That is, and they wanted him to come back. Which card was it? Uh, oh, this card, San Antonio. They wanted him to come on on Saturday, to come back on Saturday, but um, he still wasn't 100%. So they're taking time, which I think is good. And obviously that would be a great fight, especially considering how, how great Korean Zombie looked in his last win over um, Hinata Moicano. So, uh, yeah, it, so- it sounds like it's, it's moving along, but um, I don't think it's official or finalized per se uh, just yet. Gotcha. I hope that fight becomes official because I would love to see that one. I think it makes perfect sense. Um, and I, also, I do too. And also, I was you know listening to Ariel and the Bad Guy <clears throat> yesterday. You guys were talking about Cejudo and Benavidez, and it sounds like Dana White wants to do that fight, which would be great. Um, do you? I mean, and, and all signs are leading towards Cejudo actually saved the flyweights. I mean, how incredible is that? It's amazing. It's incredible. He doesn't get the credit that he deserves. This thing was dead. It was so dead that it was like awkward how dead it was like that. They just wouldn't address it. And uh, he deserves a lot of credit. His coach, Captain Eric Albaracin, deserves a lot of credit because he helped mold his personality. I mean, Cejudo is one of the most entertaining guys in the sport right now. How do you not like him? Like, come on, guys. Take a step back. Forget about the cringe stuff. Like, the guy is fun. And he has made us care about him. Remember when he came into the UFC, he was just like another bland, you know, a a bland flyweight. If you didn't know that he was an Olympic gold medalist, you were just like, all right, this guy's fine. And now, you know, the win over Dillashaw in, you know, just a matter of seconds. And then he gets caught. The win over Marlon Moraes, who was on some kind of role going into that fight. Um, The win over DJ less than a year ago. Uh, and and the 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 Cejudo Benavides fight would be great because their first fight was awesome. I wish it was a five round fight. Benavides has a win over him. Um, that's a good story in its own right. Benavides, you know the 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 first guy to fight for a belt opposite DJ uh, back at UFC 152. So there's a great story to be told. Um, and I just don't understand with the amount of cards that they have and the need for as many titles as possible. I don't understand why you would get rid of a division, even if it's a little shallow. You need as many belts as possible. It always helps on a poster. It always helps as far as marketing is concerned, especially in this ESPN era where you're trying to get people to, you know, sign up for Plus or just be like, oh, a title is online? That's something I understand. I may not understand what flyweight means or who Cejudo is, but I know what a title is. That always is a nice little feather um, in in the cap of a a card, so to speak. So uh, I... It sounds like they're reversing course. And honestly, 100% of the credit should go to Henry Cejudo and his team. He did it all. He single-handedly did it. I couldn't agree more. Like, I'm super entertained by the guy uh, as a fighter and what he's doing outside the cage. I am I love it. And, you know, a lot of that talk obviously started when Demetrius Johnson was, you know, quote-unquote traded from the UFC to one. And in return, the UFC got Ben Askren. Uh, Askren, of course, suffering that that very, very quick uh, knockout loss to Jorge Masvidal. And uh, I think Aspirin is handling that situation tremendously, you know, by coming on your show and all the media he's done since, just really owning up to the whole situation. Was that one of, if not the most impressive things you've ever seen in the octagon, that knockout from Masvidal? Oh, yeah, especially considering the fact that Aspirin, um, you know, was undefeated going into that fight. 
and had not really been roughed up too much. I mean, he was certainly roughed up by by Robbie Lawler, but going into his UFC career, we hadn't really seen him absorb that kind of punishment. And so for him to not only pull it off, but to to clearly plan it and to work on it and to game plan that was really impressive. Um, Masvidal's 2019 has been incredible. He's one of the stories of the year so far um, on the short list for male fighter of the year, in my opinion. Uh, the win over Till, incredible. This win, incredible. I can't wait to see, you know, what's next for him. If, if, if you know, I, I think that there's four options that have to be considered. Um, obviously, the title, Connor, Nate, he's in that orbit. And I still think that Leon should be considered as well if he wins on Saturday, because I think it's kind of crazy that he wasn't really considered after getting jumped backstage. Uh, I know it's probably not a fight that Masvidal is too keen on because he's not the biggest name, but I do feel like there there needs to be some sort of conclusion to that altercation, um, especially since it happened on the UFC's watch. Uh, but yeah, that's impressive the way As- Askren handled it. Impressive. Not surprised. I, I knew he would do that. I knew he would handle it that way. Um, I bet if he wasn't too banged up, he would have shown up to the press conference. That's just the kind of guy that he is. This is a guy who has competed on the highest level, who has failed on the highest level. Uh, and so I think he's able to put things into perspective. He's uh, also a guy who thought his career was done. You know, he was ready to walk away. And so he's kind of enjoying this second act and and all of a sudden getting, you know, to be as popular as he is. So, yeah, that was a really cool story. And um I'm curious to see, you know, obviously how Masvidal uh, is booked next, but also what what Askren does and how he responds from this. Some people don't ever come back the same after getting knocked out like that. Sometimes you change the way you approach a fight and you learn from it and it ends up being a blessing. So, yeah, it was it was it was great. And I was really thankful that uh, Askren chose to come on my show and talk about it because I think it was one of the most watched like when they cut up the clips afterwards, it got over, I think, two million views. So. I was pretty excited about that. Yeah, and you know, speaking of like Masvidal, he was like ready to walk away. I remember like a year or so ago, it was being reported that he was supposed to fight Nick Diaz in a fight that I would have loved to see. Um, but obviously, you know, who knows what's going on with Nick? And I pretty mentioned ad nauseum, you know, just like let's just stop talking about it. If he wants to fight, he wants to fight. But man, would that have been a great fight? Oh yeah, but yeah, I do think that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Nick shows up at some point. If he shows up, I don't think it's for the right reasons. I think it would be for money or something like that. Um, Nick has had a phenomenal career. He's a legend. He's someone like, you know, he's a hero to people. And I don't think he has anything left to prove. If he doesn't like fighting, that's why I say just leave him alone. If he wants to come back, great. But I said, you know, stop trying to bait him into coming back. The the irony is, you remember, like, we, we, we all got so mad about the five-year suspension. <laughs> right. And, you know, and he and he never. And we all did all that, like complaining, and Sean McCorkle did the White House thing and all that. And in the end, it didn't really matter. He never came back. So I kind of find that to be a little funny. Yeah, it really is. Um, well, Ariel, I can't thank you enough for doing this, man. Uh, before we get out of here, I just wanted you to know uh, you are my biggest inspiration for starting this podcast. Uh, you did an interview years back with John Pollock, where y'all were walking around outside. It was like a two or three part uh, video that y'all did on YouTube years ago. And it, um, listening to you talk to him about how, you know, he was someone you looked up to and then you were, you know, peers in, in sports journalism and everything you're doing. Um, it was really the, the turning point for me in my life of like really believing that I could do this um, as just somebody who I, I got a sport management degree and I always wanted to get into something that had to do with MMA or professional wrestling and 
when I was doing that, you were really the only guy out there who was who was doing stuff like this, and you were who I was always looking towards and, and being like, if he can do this, I feel like I can too. So uh, this really means the world for you, for me for you to come to my podcast, man. Oh, for sure. And you know, honestly, I don't do a lot of podcasts these days, only because. I feel like, you know, I don't want to stretch myself too thin and, you know, I'll, I'll do them from time to time, but, um, I don't want to, uh, oversaturate, you know, my, myself. Cause I feel like, uh, you get a lot of me already. Um, but you know, when, when you reached out, I wanted to do it because a, you've been very kind to me. You've been very supportive and I see the work that you're doing and you're doing it the right way. And you're, you're, you're just working hard and you're a good person. And, uh, this was my little, you know, way of, of saying thank you to you, because I really appreciate what you do on Mondays and just the, the support that you've given me. So, um, yeah, I'm really happy to do it. And, and, uh, you did a great job and I appreciate it. And I want to congratulate you. I think this is your 200th episode. That's a great achievement. It's, uh, it's a, it's a thing to be proud of. So keep it up, keep doing your thing and, and keep doing it the way you're doing it because, uh, I firmly believe good people, hardworking people, good things happen. So if you continue on that path, I think good things will happen for you. Awesome. That means so much, Ariel. Um, is there anything you wanted to, you know, tell the fans before you left? Anything you wanted to plug or, you know, your show is or anything before you got out of here? Uh, no, I just want I just want to thank everyone. Um, you know, like I said a couple of weeks ago at the awards, you know, when you leave a job, especially a place that you're at for nine years or so. Um, there's a part of you that's worried that people aren't going to come over and find you or stick with you, follow you. Uh, because at the end of the day, like I've said a million times, I feel like I work for the people. And if the people aren't there with you anymore, it's like, all right, well, what the heck did I do this for? And, uh, you know, I will fully admit the transition initially was difficult because you have people reaching out to you and saying, why did you do this? Why did you do that? Why did you, you know, it was fine. Why did you have to screw it up? And, uh, I, I said on many occasions, just be patient. The YouTube channel is coming. The Twitter feed is coming. The Instagram feed is coming all the stuff that we had before. And I think in some respects, even better now, um, they're all coming and, 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 uh, they will all be there and you all enjoy it. And so, you know, the last thing that I haven't, gotten done that you know i i want to get done is just to try to make uh arrow the bad guy accessible to people not living in the u.s um that's the last thing it's available to people in the u.s via espn plus but not everyone gets espn plus but for the most part i think everything else that i said i was going to do um is is here has come to fruition um and plus there's the second podcast on on wednesdays and all that so in any event, I just want to say thank you. Thank you to everyone for supporting and following and continuing to support. I appreciate it more than you know, and uh, I will never forget it. Well, thanks again, Ariel. You have a great day, man. Thanks for doing this. Okay, cool. Thanks, man. All the best to you. All right, everyone. Once again, that was Ariel Hawani. Thank you so much to Ariel for joining the show today, and thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, please make sure to subscribe, download, Give me a good rating and a good review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. It takes like no time at all. It's totally free and it helps the show out a lot. Also, you can drop me a follow on Twitter at fighttalk underscore. That's F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. And thank you so much for being a part of this journey with me. I mean, episode 200. I can't believe we're here right now. And I can't believe we're getting guests like Ariel and, and so many of the other great men and women who have taken their time to come on this show over the last few years that we've been doing this. So thank you as a listener and thank you to anybody who might be listening that's been a part of the show. I cannot thank you enough. Also, make sure to check out MMA on Point. 
Just jump on YouTube, search MMA on point. If you're a fan of mixed martial arts, you'll love the content. We put up a lot of videos. I've been doing a lot of video editing lately, and I've wrote some of the lists that are available on there as well. And of course, I run their social media. So shoot us a follow on Instagram at MMA on point and Twitter at on point MMA. You can also check out the website, MMAonPoint.com. If you're a fan of professional wrestling, make sure to check out the Fightful Select Weekender podcast. Over there at FightfulSelect.com, every single Saturday, I talk about all non-WWE news. So whether it's, you know, Beyond Wrestling, Impact, uh, Ring of Honor, Being the Elite, AEW, I do predictions, I do recaps, uh, reviews, all that kind of stuff for all non-WWE professional wrestling And you can check that out. That's at Fightful.com as a part of their premium Patreon service at Fightful Select. You can see my professional wrestling articles at SoberosNetwork.com. And I have merchandise available at WhatAManeuver.net. That is WhatAManeuver.net. Any money I make on that website gets redistributed right back into this podcast and the other things that I'm involved with. And if you're a fan of video games, I occasionally game on Twitch. That's Twitch.tv slash FightTalk underscore. So you can check that out as well. I'm going to give a shout out to the sponsors of this show, and then we'll get out of here. First, starting with WrestleRumble.com. WrestleRumble.com is the place to be for all professional wrestling pick'em contests. A lot of cash and prizes on the line for every single show. Uh, we have SummerSlam coming up. We have AEW All Out coming up. And we also have NXT TakeOver Toronto coming up. So jump on WrestleRumble.com, win some big cash and some big prizes, and give them a follow on Twitter, at WrestleRumble, to stay up to date with all their contests. Also, shout out to Heroes and Legends. They're a professional wrestling memorabilia company that has autographs, you know, DVDs, old magazines, anything you can think of, action figures. Just shoot them a follow on all social media at HL Pro Wrestling. If you're going to buy that kind of stuff, get it from them because they're nice people and they do fair business. And last but never least, shout out to my brother, Brian Jensen. Brian is a professional boxing coach. He's a trainer. He works with Parkinson's Foundations. Uh, He can help you reach your goals. If you're looking to lose weight, just get in better shape, learn how to do self-defense, you know, you're actually trying to compete to become a boxer, a kickboxer, an MMA fighter, whatever the case may be, Brian can help you with that. If you're in the Atlanta, Georgia area, he can help you in person. If you're not, no matter where you are in the world, he can help you remotely. Just jump on Instagram, give him a follow at BoxingATL, that's B-O-X-I-N-G-A-T-L, shoot him a message, and he'll help you reach your goals. Get a knockout workout without getting knocked out. Get up Brian Jensen right now. Well, what more can I say? Uh, Bucket list interview, episode 200. I am humbled and honored right now. I thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll be back soon.